before we get started, and I want to encourage you to turn in your Bible. It's going to be on the overhead, but I want to encourage you to turn in your Bible again to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. There's something else that I want to encourage you to do, and that is keep the front of this bulletin. Let me tell you why. Many of you have heard of the Roman road to salvation. One of the plans of witnessing and sharing your faith and helping someone else come to faith in Jesus Christ has been called the Roman Road. And the Roman Road is listed here on the front of this bulletin. And folks, I want to encourage you, if you feel, well, I won't ever be a witness to anybody because I just don't know, I don't offend anybody, and I don't want to, uh, I, I'm just too, I'm, I'm just, I can't do stuff like that. Well, folks, I want to tell you, there's someone comes up to you and says, you know, I heard that you're a Christian. I know that you go to church. Would you tell me how I can find peace with God, how I can find God? Folks, here's the scriptures right here out of the book of Romans. And, and I did not know. I don't know from week to week what the bulletin cover is going to have on it. But, folks, I want to tell you this, this right here. You can just stick it in your Bible. You can carry it to work. I hope nobody leaves a bulletin at church today. I hope every single one of them is taken. As a matter of fact, I hope some of you scrounge around trying to find extras so that you can put this Roman road to salvation in, in various places uh, in your life. With that said, let's pray, okay? Father, thank you that there is a way to heaven, and that is through your son, Jesus. Thank you, Father, that he has opened the door for all sinners like us to come to repentance and come to God through the blood shed for us on the cross at Calvary. God, as we study again John chapter 3, Father, I pray that there'd be a great awakening within our hearts and minds. I pray, Father, that if there are any here that have not yet trusted Christ, they've heard all this talk, they've heard many sermons, they've seen tracts, they've even perhaps read the Roman road, or someone has shared it with them, but yet they do not yet know you as Savior. God, we know our job is not to coerce them or push them, but our job is to love them and to share Jesus with them. And I just pray, Father, that if there are those here that have not yet trusted Christ today, that we will share the Lord Jesus with them in love and in the power of your Spirit. And God, for we who are Christians, God, please help us. Please help us to understand the riches that we have in Christ. As Paul describes in Ephesians, that we were once dead in our trespasses and sins, but now we're made alive in Christ Jesus. And so many blessings are not only awaiting us in heaven, but are available to us right now. And God, help us that we'll allow you to walk with us and talk with us and guide us along life's way. And God, help us that we'll be witnesses for you. God, please teach us out of your words about how your son helped Nicodemus understand who he was and what he was going to do, what he would do for Nicodemus and all that were lost. God, please be in our midst this hour. Please, God, speak in a mighty and powerful way to each of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, we're going to pick up on verse 11. I do not apologize for taking so long in one passage of Scripture. 
the more I study this passage of Scripture, the more it blesses my heart. Now, I can only imagine, and that's what I'm doing, is what I'm about to tell you for just a moment or two. Why does John and no other gospel writer give us the account of Nicodemus? And folks, I can't help but wonder if maybe in a private one-on-one conversation with the Apostle John, Nicodemus shared how he came to faith. And I can't help but wonder when that early church began and those uh, approximately 120 people gathered together that were true followers of Jesus that believed that he not only died on the cross for them, but he rose from the dead. I believe that perhaps Nicodemus might have stood up and said, let me tell you my testimony of how I came to faith in Christ. And folks, it is such a, the more I study this passage of Scripture, and again, I'm going to be reading a lot of Scripture to you today as part of this. And I'm going to get to the message in just a minute. And I'm not going to do 9,742 words, I don't think, this morning. But folks, please, let's, let's, let's eat from the Word of God. Let's drink from the living waters. Let's be empowered to leave this place and walk hand in hand with Jesus as believers and become his witnesses wherever we go. We've already met Nicodemus. He's a Pharisee. He's a member of the Sanhedrin. He's a ruler of the Jews. He comes to Jesus by night. He wants to interview this up and rising young rabbi, but he wants to impress Jesus. But Jesus is prepared. He knows what's in Nicodemus' heart. He's lost. And there's something about Jesus that when he was around lost people, he loved them and he tried to lead them to the light. So do not read anything into this that Jesus is being critical or sarcastic or putting him down. Jesus is trying to lift him up and give him a vision of the truth and who he is. So as we begin in verse 11, follow with me. Jesus said to Nicodemus, truly, truly, I say to you, We speak of what we know and bear witness. Please notice how many times the word witness is used in the following verses. And bear witness to what we have seen. But you, not only Nicodemus, but the nation of Israel, you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, and along with the word witness, the word believe is an important word in this passage. And you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven, but he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God sent the Son into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. He who believes in him is not condemned. He who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment that the light, and remember I've been substituting the word for light, I've been putting in Jesus' name because in John chapter 8 verse 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. So the the, the following three verses would read like this. Is this the judgment that Jesus has come into the world and men love darkness rather than Jesus 
because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates Jesus and does not come to Jesus, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does what is true comes to Jesus, that it may be clearly seen that his deeds have been wrought in God. Now, let's go back to verse 11, okay? In that verse, Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. What in the world is Jesus saying to Nicodemus? And let me explain to you by turning to John chapter 5. And I want to read these verses to you. John chapter 5, beginning with verse 31. And again, it's going to be on the overhead, but I pray that you bring your Bible. Folks, this is a time that we really need to, to, to enjoy the Word of God and feed from it. And I really mean that we're spiritual beings, and so our spiritual body can be fed as we, as we take in the Word of God. In John chapter 5, Jesus is being accused of of being a nobody, basically, of not serving God, but of serving Satan. He is accused of not being uh, anybody but an upstart who wants attention. And they do not believe that Jesus is the Son of God. In verse 31, Jesus said, If I bear witness to myself, my testimony is not true. And the Living Bible translates it this way. When I make claims about myself, they aren't believed. They aren't believed. And you see, again, throughout the book of John, the concept of believing in Jesus as the Son of God and the Savior of the world is one of the most important things that John is trying to present. And in, in Jesus' day, if you were trying to prove something, whether it were like a case in court, you would have to have at least two witnesses. And this comes from the Old Testament. You would have to have at least two witnesses. And the person could not witness of themselves. And so Jesus knows all of this. And so Jesus is going to present four witnesses to them that should tell them who he is. And you might say, well, I thought we were studying about Nicodemus. We see Nicodemus is a part of this group that does not believe at this point. And Jesus is going to point out four witnesses of who he is. Look at verse 32. There's another who bears witness to me, and I know that the testimony which he bears to me is true. You sent John, and he is, you sent to John, and he is born witness to the truth. Now, let me point something out. If you remember the Gospel of John as it begins in chapter 1, the ministry of John the Baptist. It really kind of sets the stage. Remember, John the Baptist comes on the scene. He is fulfillment of the prophet Isaiah who said that one would come who would say, make straight the way of the Lord. And in John chapter 1, beginning with verse 19, the Jews have sent to Jesus people to ask him or to John the Baptist to ask him who he is. They think this possibly might be the Christ. Let me just read this. John the Baptist says, he confessed and did not deny, but said, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. And folks, they want to know who he is. And he says, I'm a voice crying in the wilderness saying, make straight the path of the Lord. In other words, he's saying, I am fulfilling what the, the prophet Isaiah said, that before the Messiah came, that there would be one announcing that he is coming. And folks, these folks went back and reported to the Pharisees, and they did not believe. 
But John tells us that when Jesus, a little bit later on in that passage of Scripture in verse 29 of chapter 1, and I'm not trying to confuse you, I'm just trying to link all this together. As I look at the Gospel of John now, the whole Gospel of John is linked together in showing who Jesus is, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, the resurrected Lord. And and when John sees Jesus under the power of the Holy Spirit, he says, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And John began to preach this. And the Pharisees and others, Nicodemus surely had heard that John the Baptist is out there saying that the Messiah is here. And he's Jesus of Nazareth. And he's the Lamb of God. He's going to take away the sin of the world. Folks, Jesus is saying in these verses, the first witness to him of who he is, is John the Baptist. But let me, again, not trying to rush through this. But let me get you to look at verse 36 of chapter 5. But the testimony which I have is greater than that of John. Listen to the last part of verse 36. For the works which the Father has granted me to accomplish, these very works which I am doing, bear me witness that the Father has sent me. Witness number one, John the Baptist. Witness number two is the works are signs or miracles that Jesus is doing. And according to the Bible Knowledge Commentary, there are at least 35 miracles that Jesus performed in the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And let me tell you something. And again, folks, all of us have to come to faith on our own. And and I know that. And, And there's so much disbelief in our world today. How could a man walk on water? How could a man storm a rage? Uh, calm a raging sea how could a man raise someone from the dead how could a man heal the blind give strength to the lame legs of a man who couldn't walk folks man can't do that but the son of man the son of god the savior of the world he who created all of us and what there is in this world he can do it because of who he is and he is the son of god and folks, throughout the Gospel of John, especially those first, those first uh, 11 or 12 chapters, there's seven signs, seven miracles proclaiming this is who Jesus is. He is none other than the Son of God. And so Jesus says, the second witness to me is the works which the Father has given me to do. They were a bit, uh, witness that the Father has sent me. And then the third witness of who he is. Look at verse 37. And the Father who sent me has himself borne witness to me. And think about that for just a second. From the very beginning, from the birth of Jesus, God the Father has been revealing who this is. To Mary and to Martha, to Annas, to Simeon, to others, to shepherds. God has been revealing this baby born and Bethlehem is none other than my very own son. And later on in the Gospel of John, chapter 12, God even speaks from heaven about his son. God the Father bears witness to who Jesus is. And then in verse 39, and Steve, forgive me for being just trying to get through this. Folks, listen to what he says in verse 39. You search the scriptures. And folks, remember, Nicodemus as a Pharisee, that's what they did day in and day out. 
And I've been told that the Pharisees could take a nail and drive it into a Bible, into the Old Testament, and tell you what book it was in. Just because they had studied it, they read it, they memorized it, but they didn't know the truth of the Word of God, that Messiah would come and it would be Jesus of Nazareth. But Jesus here says, you search the Scriptures because you think in them you have eternal life, and it is they that bear witness to me. Don't throw this book aside because it bears witness to who Jesus Christ is. Don't turn away from the Old Testament because it bears witness to who Jesus is. He is the Son of God. Folks, this morning, I want to tell you, there's just, this is what the Lord is saying. And he's saying, and listen, for you and I, even living today, listen to these four witnesses, John the Baptist, the works, the miracles, the father himself. And you know something, you know, as fathers, don't we tell others about our children? Aren't we proud of them? And I want to tell you something. If you give God the father a half a chance to reveal to you who his son is, he'll do it in a hurry. He sure will. He really will. Well, folks, with all that said, think about what you and I have as witnesses to who Jesus is. The death on the cross, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus on the third day. Think about all the witnesses that God has placed in your life. Christian parents, Christian grandparents, Christian spouses, Christian children, Christian co-workers, Christian neighbors. God has placed so many people in our path to help us understand who we are. And so here's Nicodemus. Here's Nicodemus. He is lost. And listen to what Jesus says to Nicodemus back in chapter 3, verse 12. If I told you earthly things and you do not believe, you remember he gave the illustration of the wind back in verse 8. The wind blows where it will and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know whence it comes or whether it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Folks, Jesus again is trying to, he's trying to point Nicodemus in the way of understanding who he is. And so in verse 12, if I've told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? And folks, let me ask you something. If you have not yet come to faith in Christ... What are you disbelieving about Jesus that is keeping you from him? And, and let me point something out. And again, I know this to be true because I went through this in my own life. When we resist the authority of Jesus as the Son of God and the Savior of the world, we cannot understand the things of God and understand who he is. And folks, that's why all of us, we need to listen to the Spirit of God as it draws us unto the Savior. Folks, I, I, and I've told you this before, I hate to repeat myself, but I'm glad to tell you that, that when I got saved, I, I didn't read the Bible. I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know who Jesus was. I'd heard a lot of good things about him, you know, but I didn't know. But guess what? If we give the Lord an open heart and an open ear and mind, he will fill us with who he is. And so, in essence, he is trying to help Nicodemus come to faith. And listen to verse 13. Jesus says, no one has ascended into heaven, but he who descended from heaven, the Son of God. What does that mean? Let me read that verse in the Living Bible. For I only, the Messiah, have come to earth and re will return to heaven again. Now think about this for just a second. Did Jesus come from heaven to earth? 
Listen again to the Gospel of John. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. How does John start his gospel? Listen to this. John chapter 1, and bless these heart, he's writing down scripture back there. No, you go ahead, brother. But listen to how John opens his gospel. I think we've got this on the overhead. John chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. The word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him, not anything made that was made. Now you say, that's a bunch of gibberish. Who is this word? Look at verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Who is that? Jesus. Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. We have beheld his glory, glory as of the only son from the father. Jesus came from heaven to earth. He volunteered going to bear our sin and to be our Savior. Can we believe that? Well, I believe we can. Because historically, it is a fact that a man named Jesus of Nazareth came to this earth. And that he died on a cross. But the word of God verifies that just as he said he would... He was raised on the third day. Let me read some verses to you. Mark chapter 16, verse 19. Just listen to these verses. So very beautiful, so very powerful. So then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up where? Into heaven and set down where and with who? Set down at the right hand of God. Listen to Luke 24, 51 as he sums up the gospel. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up to where? Into heaven. And Luke gives us a little bit more information in Acts chapter 1, verses 9 and following. Listen to this. Remember Jesus, according to Luke, had been with the disciples for 40 days. When he, had said all, when he had said this, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven, as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. That's why we believe that Jesus is coming back for the church. We call it a rapture. He's going to come back in the cloud, as this verse tells us, and we're going to be taken up to meet him. Now, folks, the doubter, and every one of us has that right. God allows us to have doubts. God allows us to say no to his son, just like he did to Nicodemus. I don't think that night Nicodemus came to faith. But let me tell you something. I truly believe that when we turn to Jesus as sinners that are lost and ask him to come into our heart and be our Savior, not only does he change our hearts by liberating us from our sins, but he changes our minds. And, folks, some of the stuff that people say, I can't believe that suddenly, we believe it. You know why? A dead Jesus can't live in your heart, can he? A dead Jesus cannot save you from sin. A dead Jesus cannot walk with you and talk with you. But a living one can. I believe again. Nicodemus probably got up at testimony time at the early church and said, guys, let me tell you, I didn't believe. I couldn't believe. 
But now I believe. Because I know who Jesus is. He is the Son of God. He's the Savior of the world. Folks, I'm going to close here. Because look, I'm, I'm banking on the fact that God's Word is speaking to you. I can't convince you or convert, co- coerce you. That's not my job. But it's my job to tell you about this man, Jesus. And I pray that I'm doing that in love and under the power of the Spirit of God. Folks, I believe that if you don't have a Savior yet, Jesus is here. Just like you said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. But he is the one who died for you. He is the one who wants to come into your heart and be your Savior. He is the one who makes it all possible because he surrendered himself for you and for me. Steve, would you put up the last frame in that, the ABCs of salvation? I want to just mention this one more time. Vacation Bible School, each year we try and teach the young people about how to receive Christ as their Savior. Again, this is not done forcefully. If you're a teacher or a work at Bible school, you'll vouch for this. We cannot force anybody into the kingdom of God. But we can tell them how to get there. Here's the ABCs. Acknowledge that we are a sinner lost in need of salvation. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God and the Savior of the world. And come to him, trusting in him only for salvation. Next Sunday, the Lord willing, we're going to look at that word believe. What does it mean? Whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Folks, that's when we truly give it all to Jesus and say, Jesus, not by my works, not by who I am, but what you have done for me on that cross. I know, I know that I'm saved. Do you know, do you know the Lord Jesus today? It's more than church membership. It's more than coming every Sunday. Thank you for joining the church. Thank you for coming to church. But salvation is more than that. It's more than being baptized. It's giving your heart and your life to the Lord Jesus Christ and letting him make a new creature, new creation, and a new creature in your heart. Let's pray together. Father, I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit is speaking to hearts in these moments. God, I thank you that while we were yet sinners, your son died for us. And I thank you, Lord, that he calls us to come to him. And, Lord, today I pray that none of us are hiding behind good works or church membership or being baptized thinking that's our ticket to heaven. Those are important witnesses of our faith, but they're not the things that give us faith that is trusting your son is our Savior and Lord. And God, I just pray today, God, I, I thank you for these folks that come so very faithful. God, I pray that we would be faithful in hearing your word and in presenting it and in teaching it and living it, Father. I just ask you, Lord, that if there's someone here today that you've been dealing with, Lord, and perhaps it's been many years, perhaps it's a senior adult that has not yet made that that decision to trust Christ, or perhaps as a young person that, Lord, you're leading to yourself, I pray today that they'll hear you speak to them, and I pray, Lord, that they'll come to you and be born into your kingdom. Father, bless these moments of invitation. May your will be done. 
And may everything that is done be done for your honor and for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our hymn this morning is number 436, Where He Leads Me, Where He Leads Me. An old, old hymn of invitation, Would You Come Today If Jesus Is Calling You? Let us stand.